Welcome Podcast. Episode 7 of Andor just dropped. And man, the, the way this show is building tension is just phenomenal, um, in, in, in my opinion. I can't wait to dive into it because I think there's a lot... There's a lot of meat here. There's a lot of, <laughs> of, of deep underlying things that we can unearth um, on this episode. And we're going to do that right here and right now on the high ground. Hello and welcome, my beautiful guests, to the High Ground Podcast. We are talking Andor Episode 7. Um, I have uh, Caleb joining us for the first time, and we have some returning guests, but I am very excited because, for one, I haven't heard Beth talk about Andor at all, and I adore her perspectives on everything. Um, and Brian, I've been joining your podcast uh, in the chat for your guys' talks, so I know you're yeah. going to have some awesome Thank stuff. Uh, but I will start by going around, having everyone introduce yourself. Um, so who are you? Where can we find your awesome content? And uh, today's question is, this weekend, you're going to go out and get drunk, party, have fun, let off steam. You can invite anyone in the Star Wars universe to come out with you. Who are you bringing and why? All right. Everyone who is hanging out here in the <laughs> chat, feel free to think about it. Um, answer it on your own. I'm just kind of vamping here to give people uh, a little bit more time to think about it. Uh, I think I know what some people might say, but <laughs> I'll start with, <laughs> with, with Brian. Uh, who are you? Where can we find your content and who are you drinking with? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, my name is Brian. I am from Pink Milk Podcast, where we talk Star Wars queerly. I have a podcast with my husband and then a late night live stream with some other super Star Wars fans. And, um, you know, I'm going to get drunk with Yoda because I feel I feel we're going to start the evening on a slight buzz and have some like deep conversation and then stuff's just going to get wild <laughs> and he's going to be like rowdy and it's going to be going to be a good time. I, I, hit every level. I'm sure he's going to spread a, uh, like share a lot of tea on on the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Um, that is a fantastic answer. I will say though. Uh, I have a good buddy who is um, he's uh, he's he's Italian. We go out and drink together. His tolerance is so much higher than mine okay. that I feel like I'm his pet. If we go, like he's he's tricked me into going shot for shot <laughs> before. It didn't end up well for me. I feel like that might happen because Yoda's very small. But uh, mm. but I love <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I have you? seen you at a bar now in real life, and I think you could drink me under the table as well. Uh, so if you get a little bit in me, I stop being as introverted. Um, okay. So it's not drunk me, but it is still me. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, me, me, me singing, you know, no diggity on, on stage <laughs> sober, you know, that's just, that's just Chaco. Oh, um, love it. <laughs> uh, how about you, Caleb? Uh, well, I am Caleb. Some of y'all know me as CJ Star Wars 94. Some of y'all know me as Caleb. And some of y'all just know me from Escape Reality Films. I'm all over. I, I'm really working on the branding. I am. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
I do Escape Reality Star Wars talk on YouTube and Twitch, uh, where we just talk about canon Star Wars stuff. Try to go chronologically, but whenever something new comes out, we got to talk about it. Uh, we've almost wrapped up High Republic Phase 1 stuff, but we're obviously with Phase 2 stuff coming out, we're talking about that as well. Um, Thanks. As for who I would go drinking with, I'm going to pull from High Republic, actually. <laughs> That's a good uh, suggestion, uh, Pep. Uh, as I'm going to pull Elzar Man with me to go drinking because he's definitely somebody to party with. I feel like, I feel like though, he's the kind that where it's going to end up like the Hangover, where we just don't remember what happened the previous night, and we just had a wild, crazy night, and so we're just tracking down what happened. And of course, Avar's there to scold us for drinking too much. uh okay i like it i like it i mean elzar will bail on you when he finds someone to to oh i know but hopefully when he finds someone to fill the forest yeah i'm I'm hoping though because he i'm hoping though that because he's there with me though he can also be my wingman okay that's true that's true is he stable enough to be maybe I, I I like it though. I like it. <laughs> Brian says no. <laughs> uh, and and last but certainly not least, uh, Beth. How about you? Thank you so much. Um, I am Beth. Uh, you can find me at mara.j.skywalker on TikTok, and you can find me at mara underscore <laughs> j. Underscore gang. Yes, underscore gang. Um, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and I guess, so it depends. So as far as someone to go drinking with, I, I guess it would depend on like the exact mood and the, the vibes of the night, because I feel like I could either go, it's two very dichotomous answers. I would either go Hondo if I needed to have like a good time, or if I just needed to have like a, like relatable, you know, like kind of like girls night, I feel like I'd want to have like in all honesty, my hyperfixation, as you guys will probably learn, is like Deidre from Andor. And I want to like pick her brain and be like, let's grow a boss. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very dichotomous answers. Yeah. It's either one or the other. <laughs> all right. I, I love it. What well, we got uh, chill in the basement saying, agreeing. Hondo Anaka, no explanation should be needed. Uh, we got uh, someone saying Cassian. Uh, we have people excited. Beth is here. And I'm I'm low key trying to get uh, Emily to be willing to to come on and, and talk. So we'll make sure that we have a, a fun time here. Um, <laughs> that wasn't days. very low key though. Just now, just, <laughs> just <so you> know. <laughs> pretty high key at this point. Listen, it's not water in this cup. All right, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> let's let's see here. Uh, yeah, Nia, uh, Nia says that Yara is a great answer. Uh, he might be suited for a different type of substance, um, which, uh, by the way, is stick. He can gnaw on that, and and it'll it'll send him places. So that's mm-hmm. that's a uh, and that's canon. <laughs> um, why it's canon, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for for me, if I'm drinking with anyone in Star Wars universe. Um, you know, honestly, my initial answer was also going to be Yoda. However, um, I'm going to switch it up now that Yoda's taken and uh, take the easy way out and say Maz Kanata for the same exact reasons. Oh, yeah, but but like she was my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Maz is a little is a little you know, looser with the lips, and I, I think mm-hmm. we might we might get some in- 
interesting conversation. Um, <laughs> Pat Dinoforce says, I'll drink with Chrysanthemum. Uh, damn, yeah, that's a Maz, good one. That's Maz, a good is one. Like, Maz is like that bartender that you can get stories out of, but is also drinking with you. <laughs> yes. Uh, K. Gee says, I thought about saying cereal because we could chill and eat cereal. <laughs> 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 Uh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, why don't we go ahead and uh, and, and kind of jump in, into the episode? Um, so over here, we're talking about every you know all the things that happen, plus overall themes and you know speculate and stuff. Um, just as a as a, a blanket, not too deep overall. What your guys feeling were right because this is. There's been a conversation, um, you know, before getting into that, I actually want to touch on this conversation that's been happening out of control is nobody's talking about Andor, um, apparently. I'm curious what you guys think as to why that is and if, if that's actually the case. Why is Andor the least popular Star Wars show? Oh. Yeah. My Twitter blows there... up with Andor all day long. <laughs> yeah, apparently some, apparently some numbers came out and they... Uh, I don't put too much stock into them, but I I think if there if there is any truth to these numbers, it's because it's not quite a show that's been pushed towards your general audience for Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're we're in that the Twitter sphere and uh, and all whatever app you happen to be on, where we're talking about Star Wars all day, so we're gonna get fed Star Wars. Whereas you're grandparents maybe who might like star wars won't know <laughs> my parents know so i can't say parents but like maybe <laughs> your grandparents or whoever they they don't know they don't know who cassian andor maybe even is let alone that he got a show and so mm. okay yeah that's i mean that could definitely be it um chilling basement you know mentioned it but there's like a graph that kind of came out mm-hmm. and there was a really low line on it and apparently that's that's andor um I kind of see people making the the argument for like it's too boring or it's not a good show or something like that, and that's why um, I have my own thoughts. But I'm I'm curious, you know, where the rest of you guys lay. What do you think, Brian? You know, I don't know of said chart. I remember reading or seeing something about She-Hulk being number one and Andor being number two. I just think that's Twitter folks looking for failure and i don't understand how number two is a failure but i will say this it's just a very different star war and Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's exactly hitting the typical star wars fans like the way it that it we normally see if that makes sense and i i do think this will be a a show that's loved and respected when the whole thing is finished if that's if that's the case right now, but I don't know. I think yeah. it's great. Also, it could help if they would just let Sintinville be openly lesbians and love each other, and they could just come out and say it. That probably <laughs> <Yeah>. help things. <laughs> uh, probably, probably. Uh, and on the exact opposite vein, just more Bix because uh, we like Bix. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Beth? Oh my goodness. Do you want the cerebral like business strategy as far as why? <laughs> I, I, yes. want, I, want, I want both. I, I want to hear the- from um, one of my favorite Star Wars lawyers. Uh, go, go, go full Dedra on, on us. 
<laughs> okay, so the actual analytical reason, or, or sorry, the completely hypothetical theoretical reason is the fact it is hypothetical, um, is the fact that Disney has a different strategy with this show than it has had for previous audiences. Um, right now, it's actually being viewed, or it should be viewed, as like an entry point into Star Wars, but not yet, exactly. Um, because a lot of people, as you know, probably want to wait for like the whole series to come out in order to binge it. Um, but because it's really accessible as far as a good storyline that is very human and it doesn't have a lot of like the lore as far as, you know, like Jedi and midichlorians or things that could potentially put people off. Um, they're actually utilizing it to kind of draw their subscriber numbers throughout the rest of uh, Q1 because their fiscal year starts at the end of September. Um, so that's kind of their strategy with it. It's again, it's a different Star Wars, but they are trying to make this more of like a, a slow burn, if you will. Um, on like an emotional level, I think it's because there's just, it's so good and it's so different. And it's like, just, I mean, personally, I was, I was really excited for it, but I did not believe I would become as obsessed with it as I have just because there isn't a lot to critique. Like mm -hmm. there just, there isn't. And I feel like the, the fandom, as far as like talking and critiquing tends to be a lot around the characters that we know, um, or, you know, like just kind of like the head y things that people have that come out in discussion, but there isn't any of that. And so it's so refreshing and so amazing. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I love the insight. I'm very, very happy that you're finally allowed to talk about the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm in, in full, <laughs> full, full agreement, full agreement. It's, it's a different strategy. It's not reliant on, on glove shadows. Although I think this is creating a mm -hmm. lot of them. There's, there's in this episode. There's a weird dude with a long mouth. You just like it flops into the screen for like a full minute, and, yeah. I, and I love that character so much now. Um, so I think this is doing a great job inventing those characters. But um, no, it's it's not reliant on them. Um, it's not something that you can make a thousand videos saying. Uh, you know, it's this is related to this, or this is where this character is coming from. It's, mm. uh, yeah, I think part of it. So the graph that we're mentioning measures conversation. It's actually not measuring viewing numbers. It's factoring viewing numbers, but also conversation. The other big thing is this show is too good for people to be dickheads. You know, like, because you can just be like, I'm sorry, that's wrong. You know, like, it's... Even a lot of those people are like, I'm just not going to talk about this show. Uh, and you're like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like for, like for once, for once, while while the hate viewing is going on, still, it's not the same as say Kenobi or any of the other shows we've had with or Book of Boba Fett, where people are just gunning to hate it. That that they're kind of backing off because, like you said, there's not like you can dislike it, but there's not a lot to just be steaming mad about on the same level yeah yeah it, ex exactly exactly uh and that and we also have to factor there's a lot of things happening at the same time house of dragons dropping at the same time we we had um um the rings of power that was at the same time she hulk was at the same time um and so there's something to be said about kind of uh about competition but no oh, overall I've, i feel like we've we've covered it and uh yes emily the show yeah, I'm with Emily. Um, <laughs> so many of Emily's tweets made me so happy. <laughs> <I'm a bitch. laughs> 
Vetch is, is going to be my, my new my new cosplay or, or something. And I'll just stand there. <laughs> like, I'll just totally stand here. Um, but uh, yeah, jumping into the episode um, and I'll kind of just just leave it open for the beginning part. Um, what what jumped out at you guys? How did you feel about this episode? Um, especially coming off such a momentous end to like a three episode arc. And we get this, which is somewhat separate. Um, how did this this leave you you feeling? You know, I can't believe I thought this episode was even more intense than the last one. Like this episode just didn't let up. And where we got to see the early rebellion like physically reacting and battling their way through freedom. Now we get to see the quieter side and 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 the political side of things and how it's all being formed on the DL. And I thought it was like it was really, really tense. And I loved that we got to switch the relationship between Luthen and Mon Mothma. Like there was some like iffiness there, maybe, but like I'm like, ooh, I these people don't actually like each other. And I love that they don't mm -hmm. even trust each other. They're on such the fringe and they're both waiting in waters that they know are shark filled that they're like, who's going to cut first and start bringing the sharks in. And it was really, it was yeah. really great. Every uh, episode has been more tense. Oh, sorry. Good, Caleb. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I thought this up, I mean, cause Gilroy said, this is going to be our little intermission episode and it's a great intermission episode where it really lets us, take in all six episodes, not even just this last arc. It, it's also a repercussions of the first arc with Ferrix, and we get to see the repercussions because he left. We don't see what happened to everybody on Ferrix, and we, we can assume, like, we saw a glimpse of what was going on with Ferrix as we saw them moving in, but we didn't get to see how that affected the people that we got to know during those first three episodes. But with this episode, we finally got to see those effects along with the effects of Aldani and how that affects not just Ferrix and Aldani, but the entire galaxy. Cause we get, then get into the politics of the ISB and Coruscant and everybody and how that affects what's going on on a grander scale. Yeah, de uh, definitely. Uh, Beth? Um, this has been my favorite episode by far. It was, I mean, I watched it like four times today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It is an ideological parallel, um, and it is, you get to actually see the transfer of ideology and how each side, if you will, interprets it differently, um, and you also get to see how each person interprets it differently, and the parallel is absolutely fantastic, especially um, with what you said about the lack of trust, because you do see that both on the rebels and obviously with the Imperials as well, and it's absolutely fascinating to see the parallels between the characters, and it's yeah. characters that you wouldn't naturally expect so i just i found it absolutely wonderful and also the music like uh, the, the end especially with the the space florida as yes. I it. <laughs> <laughs> the music was incredible this episode it just it blew me away absolutely you know we were we were talking last last night and it, it felt like somewhere like on the beach in in europe but then you sang space florida and and cash it 
Cassian getting arrested because he matched the description, if if it's mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's a, a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have some <laughs> personal experience with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of one of the craziest things, though, is like in this episode, it's it's easy to forget that this episode is us on the ground floor with everyone. It's so easy to come in here with all these assumptions because we know how things end up. But you know, we saw the ISB gain power. To me, the ISB has always been this like super secret police that mm-hmm. like ha- is unchecked and just badass. And I didn't realize that that's not what this was until this moment, until this episode. Mm-hmm. This is what gave them that right. Um, and and that was just, I don't know, that's that's wild. Uh, so I um, mean, I guess starting with the the ISB stuff, um, and and Detra's storyline, you know what what jumps out at us, and and I'm I'm just gonna preemptively start with Beth. <laughs> Because did your girl boss her way up to to the sun, but like, yep. but it, didn't pull an Icarus. You know, she didn't kinda, get too it, close. It, it was kinda, badass. It kind of reminds me of like the if we're gonna put some real world kind of equivalents to it, the Patriot Act, sort of the way that they took advantage of this big event and. ISP is like, oh, we can we can use this act. And Deidre especially is like, I can use this to finally be like, hey, there's a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Unchecked authority. Thank you, please. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Beth? <laughs> and I think it was the first. This is, I don't want. I do not agree with Deidre ideologically at all. However, this is like the first time I've ever seen a character where I'm like, you lead the exact life I need. Um, and so it is, I I am obsessed with her storyline because it, this episode revealed so much to us as far as the different dynamics within the Imperials, but more importantly, how much she and Partagaz are actually alike. Um, and I think he knows that and he sees that in her and he deliberately pushed those buttons to get her to tick because he sees that he can actually, I mean, obviously he's, he's a major, he's smart. Um, but it was just absolutely fascinating. There are so many little details I could like go off about as far as how, you know, she's technically acting within the boundaries of the ordinary definition um, of resources. As far as she's not doing anything illegal or bad to get the reports, she's just going about it in a different way, um, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. And the fact that she is, I love the fact that they showed her interacting with another subordinate and she's not as nice to them as she is to her assistant here. And I'm like, I love this about her um, um, because she obviously respects, again, she respects people who are very, you know, by the book, but also aren't afraid to do what it takes to get things done. Um, like efficacious, I think is very like precise and efficacious. And it was just, I mean, her end, it was so good. It was so good. She, she whooped that dude's ass right in front of everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in the best way. Uh, Blevin, Blevin thought he knew everything and he did not. Not at the all. Thing, the thing that I love about it too is the fact that we're told, like Partagas tells her basically in the first episode, or not in the first episode, sorry, in the fourth episode, the first introduction of her. He's like, hey, literally says, like, come back with data. This is what we do. And she did the thing like and he's telling her it in kind of like a very covert way um but she did and she preempted what she knew all the men wouldn't do it and she's like i got this and she did everything you know that the isb bases its decisions off of and it was just again i'm like oh my god girl i totally understand 
<laughs> For those who don't know, I work in big law. Like I'm an attorney. <laughs> I'm very used to that that situation. <laughs> I, I love he tried to like preempt her, and she's like, "Oh no, I got it ready." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. I, you gave me so much time. I've got the entire PowerPoint presentation here. We can we can go through it if you want. <laughs> it felt yeah. like you, you know, like you have activated my trap card. Uh, <laughs> but what, what were you going to say earlier, Brian? I was going to say I, I love these kinds of characters that are fighting for their power, regardless regardless if that's like in a selfish way or for the greater good. But when someone's trying to put their thumb down on a a smaller person and then that person uses the thumbtack that was being used to push them down against the one trying to hold it i think is so empowering and so amazing because that's how us minorities move <laughs> forward in life we you're, you're gonna try to lay these barriers down then that's fine well i'll i'll exist in your barrier and then i'll use it against you because you're gonna you're gonna try so hard to hold us back that we're gonna outsmart you and use the things your own weapons against you. And I thought it was like that. Cause that dude's all laying out everything for her to like fail. And she's like, fine, give it to me. Give it to me. You told me all that. It was just great. It was great. I mm -mm. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's just, just like a lot of people in chat are saying, you know, she's, she's become a favorite of mine to where you root, root for her, but you also hate her. And you're like, don't, but don't be good at it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, she's making fascism look real good. Uh, and that's why Keiki, uh, ships, uh, Deidre in, in, in Karn. Um, speaking of I, which, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna, I think one of the, I, it's from last episode or maybe it was episode four. I don't remember now, but when she's speaking with her assistant and she's like, openly tells him she doesn't know what she's going to do. And he's the one giving her the confidence to me was such a, a bigger power move that we don't oftentimes get to see in big bads. We rarely get to see them ex have someone that they can express their weakness to. And that, that little bit of vulnerability, I think made her to me seem even more powerful because she, she understands who she can do what with, you know, um, mm -hmm. it added that one little line added so much to her character that I like really appreciate. And that's what the show is doing so well. You can't blink on anything. Cause like every word has a purpose. Every shot has a meaning and you have to watch. And I think this show, when it's all done, it's honestly, I mean, not this just, it's, we're not worthy of how good the show is <laughs> that, in all reality. Yeah. It's a masterclass of writing. That moment with her assistant is also a nice, healthy balance to what we see with Karn's relationship with his mother, Edie, who is doing the same thing, but in an unhealthy way where she's like, hey, I'm going to help you, but I'm also going to put you down as I'm telling you what you need to do. And that's not going to create the environment Karn needs. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't I, I guess I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it, but, but she has like the stereotypical, like Jewish mom energy <laughs> and, and, and it just, very, it just, very New York vibes. Yeah. It, it just makes me laugh with how much uh, like cereals just the crushed and he's just only eating cereal like morning, evening and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and night. And he's going to go to his job as like a space accountant in a cubicle amongst trillions of others. Like, what, what do you guys think of, of I, Karin and where he's going? 
Oh, wait, sorry. Can I build off of something that Brian said too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to go wildly <laughs> off topic. <laughs> this does actually translate into serial as well. But I think, and I guess that I don't want to say like problem, but the problem, it is kind of a problem in a way as far as like, we know the Empire's evil, but yet here we are cheering for these characters. The problem is that moments like that really humanize these characters as opposed, because before we've seen very much like black and white, like good and evil. And then you're like, oh, I could see why these decisions are made because it is like a personal moment of like grabbing at power. And that's like a very personal thing. And you're like, okay, outside of the ideology of the empire, oh my God, I am relating to this and this is a bad character. Um, and I think that, tra again, that translates into a lot of the characters um, on the Imperial side in this show. And that's what is, that's why it is just, as you said, a masterclass in writing, because I never thought I'd sit here and be like, yeah, I'm cheering, I'm cheering for the bad guys. Like, never thought I'd say that. But it just, it just, it humanizes them so much. Yep. I mean, my favorite episode of The Mandalorian season two was the second to last episode, because we had something that felt similar. We got to live inside of the shoes of, of the of Imperials. Uh, there was a moment where you got saved by the empire and you were like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, uh, these, they were just running over like indigenous land and stuff like that. But you were like, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and it was, it was a similar, similar vibes. Um, not, I love it. Then uh, Parath in the chat says zero in a space call center. <laughs> I just picture he's like, thank you for calling space Comcast. Uh, how can I, help? <laughs> I, mean, I, I was, I was joking last night that it's basically star Wars, uh, office space. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> need that show. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, hopefully that's what we, that's hopefully what we get to next. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited though. Cause now that, um, Deidre is in charge of that sector, first thing she's going to do is find someone who had boots on the ground in that moment. She's going to zero. And I can't, I can't wait for that. Um, yep. Like a vampire said, that's, that's her with, with Ron. Um, I can't yeah. wait for her and Bix. That mashup, that Ooh. confrontation. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. right after this, we get, um, you know, a, a couple things, right? But this is the main Mon Mothma storyline that we get. Mm -hmm. Starts with her, um, you know, going into to the shop and talking with Luthen, and and then we also have her going to the party, um, which looked awful. And we get the most tense scene where she's trying to recruit people for a rebellion at a party in front of other people, which is like had me like gripping my my table, of like please don't let anyone over here and. Her husband's, I don't know, hitting on women. It was, it was weird. Um, but, but what do you think of Mon um, Mothma's storyline? Uh, also, the drip is immaculate as always. But. For real, yeah. <laughs> How you guys feel about Mon Mothma, uh, Caleb? Um, I'm loving it. I, I, I love seeing the kind of because it's not really a power struggle, but it is between her and Luthen. Because Luthen wants to take the rebellion a certain way that Mon obviously doesn't, because we know that Mon is a pacifist. That's I think that's a key part that people tend to forget when we're talking about Mon Mothma being in charge of the rebellion. And so, the way she wants to do things versus how things went down with, say, in the last arc, not exactly fitting the plan. And 
that's especially fitting when Luthen's also trying to get out of under her thumb with the financials, which is something that they brought up in the previous episode where there, he was like, hey, you, how, where, how's that money coming along? And at the time, he wasn't sure that they would get it because she was talking to somebody that was an outsider. And yeah, I think Luthen leans also heavily more towards the partisan movement than the rebellion that Mon ends up being in charge of, which is also a, something that we can kind of see where they're butting heads at. And it also kind of reasons why it's believable that Luthen might have been the one to order the hit on Cassian, but it all, he also might not have because we don't know if that his assistant was moving without his orders. Uh, and as far as Mon herself through this, I'm loving it. I love seeing the party and seeing more of the family dynamic. <sighs> Hate her husband, <laughs> Perrin. Uh, but, uh, and then the conversation with her and her uh, childhood friend and the planning. And it's, it's a spy because Andor's a spy show. So we get that in that spy intrigue and see the, hey, smile, because we can't be suspicious while talk while talking to each other. And yeah, I, I'm getting uh, the, the recent book by Beth Revis, um, The mm-hmm. Princess and the Scoundrel. There is a bit where they are on the, the House Sound Legacy and there are other people and, and uh, Endor has just happened. Yeah, and they're on this fancy thing. There's all these rich people there, and she's looking. Leia's looking at them and understanding. Like, uh, first of all, a lot of these people are wealthy enough that they don't. They never had to care about the war. Yeah, no, um, no effect on them. So some of them profited on the war. Um, they were selling stuff to to both sides. Uh, one person was like pissed off at Leia because her son had just got a promotion to the Death Star. You know. And, and and it's wild to see these this other side where you have all these affluent people that don't have to that they'll never see the struggle of of other people, and Mon Mothma's at, at the middle of this a legacy. Her family has fortunes or or whatever, but she's trying to negotiate you know the the peace of other people. Uh, but on the other hand, you have you have Luthen, who set things into motion knowing that these were going to have negative consequences on everyone in the galaxy. Yeah. Cause we hear the but, all uh, he's listening to the radio and the all Denny are getting yeah. uh, like, they arrested pretty much everybody that was there. They just went, all right, you may not have been involved, but we, we don't know that. Yeah. So, but, but he also knows that there needs, if he can get them, you know, that the ISB start by saying, the only question is how tight we need to squeeze our fish our fist. The Luthan is like, we need them to squeeze their fist because they've been squeezing it so slowly that people have forgotten. And it's crazy how both of them are seeing the same thing the same way, knowing that there's going to be different outcomes. Um, and I, I loved that, that little section of it. It was, it was beautiful. Um, what, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think I love what you just said about Luthans, you know, there, when he made the comment that they're, it's happening so slowly, they're forgetting because we just heard my sweet, sweet boy Nemec say something very, very similarly, <laughs> but his response to those things is more along Mon Mothma's logical thinking. And I love that this show really is giving us like two completely different 
ways of handling similar responses. And I find it, we don't always get a lot of that in Star Wars. Star Wars leaves a lot for subtext. And one of the things that I personally love about Star Wars is like, I think what so much of Star Wars is underneath the helmet, which allows us to project ourselves onto and into Star Wars. And there are no helmets in this show. So there, some of that kind of subtlety is missing from what I love about Star Wars. And it's getting this new complexity that is not just subtext. It's like right there on the surface. And I think it's really, really fascinating. Um, and I'm looking... Mon Mothman is just like, she's my new gay icon in all of Star Wars. She's wonderful <laughs> and beautiful. And I love everything about her. She and is I, the moment. She she is she yeah what's that yeah um <laughs> that uh you know Caleb just mentioned that she's a pacifist we know that like I I mean who's not here living for her railing against Saw in Rebels that was like so epic but we know like at some point she has to start to let some of that go mm-hmm. in order to like be the leader of the rebellion that she becomes we don't lose it because we get her amazing line of many Bothans died, you know, like there's still that sympathy there, but what she's still in a little bit of that privilege of, she doesn't have to care about this and her family doesn't want to care about it. And we get that amazing line between Marva and Cassian. And as a parent, like I already love Marva cause that is my story. Um, and I love her, but like when she loves her son, doesn't like where he's going, and she wants to be with him to protect him, but understands she has to stay to be a part of something bigger. And she doesn't want to hold her own child to that. I think is very, it's a wonderful juxtaposition of what's going on with, with Mon Mothma and her family doesn't accept that, but Cassian accepted that in her. And I just, I, I'm curious. She's, she's going to take some licks here soon. I think it's, she's going to have to have some sort of, um, that vulnerability, that that threat of how much she's going to have to lose, I think is going to have to be a real thing for her coming up, which is not going to be fun to watch. But, you know, it's not going to be fun to watch, but I, I can't wait because this is showing that it's doing good and competent writing and not relying on just fridging people to get motiva- yep. motivations. Mm-hmm. My first thought is, oh, they're going to kill her daughter so that they can have more story. Uh, but but I've had this thought in, in a, a lot of different things. And while that is possible, they've been avoiding some of those those really uh, tired tropes, you know? And yep. so uh, hopefully yeah, they Yeah, because it feels continue. like if that was the road they were going down, we would have a little bit more hints by now of something like that happening. But it doesn't seem like it's the path they want. Yeah. For, uh, and also, Brad, you kind of alluded to it, and in, Nia in said it, the evolution of uh, Star Wars villains from a mask, barely human, seemingly only evil for the sake of being able to someone you could be yeah. if things had been a little different is frightening. And it, 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 it's a cause for self-reflection because you you can you can see, I mean, just like the parallel between Andor himself and Mon Mothma and their, their families, he was willing to do what it, whatever it took physically but is not willing to stand up for the cause. And his mom wants to stand up for for the cause, even though she's not able to fight physically. Yep. Mon Mothma can't stand up physically because of the people around her and her family won't do it because they don't yep. care. And it's just like, there's all these things ju- juggling. Um, not to mention uh, Kreia, who's 
Uh, first of all, again, the drip, like the, the Jack, the, the uh, texture yeah. jacket looks so cool. Um, and, and she's giving, giving off, you know, handmade vibes. Um, yeah, someone in here said, you know, maybe she's in, in charge. Uh, that's what Emily said. I think, uh, Clay is really in charge. Um, I just hear Beyonce underneath that walk. Everything she's doing is just a Beyonce track as she's <laughs> strutting her way through Coruscant. I, I, I could see Emily being right because Clea, before she goes to tell them to go kill Cassian, she's spying on. Uh, it, it feels more like a spying than just listening in on Luthen and Mon Mothma than normal. Because usually she get, just goes in the back and does whatever. But this felt like she was spying on them to hear the conversation so she could report back to whoever she actually works for. And then it's like, now who's spying on who? Everyone thinks someone might turn. I didn't hear Luthen say that to to, to Clea. Is, 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 is that what she was supposed to say? That they're trying to do a hit on, on Andor? Uh, that came from Saw. That That's <laughs> yeah. who that order came from. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, because he Luthen does say in the meeting with Mon that he is a liability and that he doesn't know what he's going to do next. But that's all he really says. He doesn't say we got to take him out because of that. Yeah, but at least not in the scene we see. At least not in that scene. Um, uh, Beth, what's your take on all this? I loved, okay, again, that's the little, one of the little moments that gives us so much more information than we realize because Luthen calls it a revolution. Juan Mafa wants a rebellion. Those are two very different things ideologically. And that's where these kind of parallels come in. Luthen wants to strike down or wants the empire to strike back, if you will, extremely hard. He wants that as far as like something that can be an impetus, not only for the rebels, but again, to kind of like rally the people as well, if you will. But that's also what Deirdre wants. So it's like, these parallels are absolutely fascinating because it is drawing, again, characters that you normally wouldn't think um, kind of to one another. It's just, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, Like I, again, Mon Mothma, another character I'm obsessed with. I just, I never thought I would be this Like, if you would have told me, like, hey, while watching Return of the Jedi when I was, like, you know, younger, like, hey, you're going to be super invested in Mon Mothma when you're older. I never would have believed you. (laughs) But, like, going through her marital troubles, if you will, and seeing her child, it's like, again, it just humanizes her. And it puts these, again, very relatable feelings into now the characters who are in the Rebellion. Um, And it's just, it's so efficacious in the way that that writing handles it's just, it's so skillful and so amazing. Yeah. I just absolutely obsessed. Yeah, another character. Um, and as far as being more of a pacifist, I think she is, because the Empire kind of came in with a very structured, very orderly, kind of like a tight fist. Um, and also we've heard a lot of allusions to Palpatine. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling like we might get, a, get an appearance there. Um, but you kind of need that dichotomy between Palpatine and like Mon Mothma as far as leaders, if you will. Um, and she's so calm and poised, but she's also not willing to like go as far as it needs to go. It's just her and Luthen make, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I'm very, very curious. Um, and play again, who know, who knows what's going, who knows who is with whom, if you will. It's just, you never know what's going on. But, uh, but the, every episode there's, there's tension. And then, and then we just keep, 
stacking on top of that. And we relieve pressure with mm-hmm. the big episodes like we had the previous one, but that didn't relieve that relieved the pressure of what was happening in that small group that was going on the heist. It didn't relieve everything, right? There's so much more going on. And now, you know, we, we have, um, uh, her, her, um, what's her name? Now, now the name is, is escaping my, my brain. Val coming back, you mm-hmm. know, asking like, have, have you heard, have you heard from, from my girl? And yeah. like, she's doing what she's. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. she has like a, I don't know. It looks like a like a space like pallet mover, and she's like skating down a, a hill. Yeah, that looks a lot of fun. But <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving into uh, Cassian's story. You know, that's that's pretty much the rest of it. Um, this one hit pretty pretty damn hard because you know, uh, well, I, before before I even say this, I actually do want to stop and say how much I appreciate how far we've come in the world of star wars after having amazing characters like how mon moth was being developed in here um and and how a lot of the other women characters because in the original trilogy there was three women in space yep, yep. Th- th- three <laughs> amperu leia and, and my mothma that's it yeah. Like we don't, you don't even see them, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. And and uh, yeah, we've we've come a long way. But moving in in the Cassian's story, um, I've had a few times in my life where I have matched the description. You know, I've I've been pulled out of my car. I've been at gunpoint. I've I've been, you know, I, I've I've actually never been pulled over from behind. I've always had cops. Who I'm at, uh, I'm stopped at a stoplight or something like that, and they drive past me this direction, look at me, and then and then pull me over. It's not it's not ever I'm speeding or anything like that, but um, lo and behold, it turns out I've actually lived in a bunch of areas that were like hotbeds for <laughs> for white supremacy, uh, like in, in Huntington Beach and where I lived up in up in Oregon. I visit friends in Oregon city, which is like the nest of like the proud boys and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's crazy because as wild is the end of the episode seems that's exactly what happens. It is exactly like that. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's hard to explain how accurate that was, but take from someone who's been pulled over without physically being in their car who's had a cop slide, uh, lock up the brakes, slide down the street because he saw me walking from my house to my car to, to pull in then pull behind me like this. That's is exactly what it, what it feels like. But yeah. Um, prior to that, you know, we get the conversation between him and his mom. We get him talking to, to Bix. Um, uh, I love Bix. I had to say that quietly because my wife just got home. Don't tell it. Um, <laughs> it's like kind of bittersweet homecoming. Yeah, uh, yeah. How, how do you guys feel about about his his storyline and and where might it be going? Because it ended in a weird spot. Any thought, uh, Caleb? I've gone first a bunch. I'll let. <laughs> All right, Brian, uh, like, how are you feeling about it? Um, I mean, my. I've never personally like been 
a huge I've never been really connected to Andor before, like from Rogue One or any of these things personally. Um, but I'm finding a lot of connection with Marva and Cassian and that relationship. Um, when I saw the first three episodes or whatever, um, that ending just like I was speechless for like 10 minutes because I think that whole way and that very specific way of finding a found family is so wonderful and beautiful. And it was also incredibly accurate. I know what some of the, the conversation was online about how that was perceived afterwards. Um, and I can see some of those thoughts, but again, that's just, it speaks to my own experience very, very much. And I I think I can see how Cassian gets to where he needs to get in Rogue One and Mm -hmm. the parenting that Marva has given him to get him there. And like, what an amazing parent is. And Caleb, you brought up Edie before, who Mm -hmm. is just like, I can't. It's the counter. Yeah, I can't. And I also can't stop thinking of Sid from Bad Batch because I just feel like that's how Sid treats <laughs> Omega all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whereas Edie is constantly pushing her child to be who she wants Cyril to be, Marva is this really wonderful mother who allows her child to be who she is. She's not afraid or unwilling to call him out when he thinks he's wrong but believes in her son enough to let him go through those, those things. And she knows he's going to arrive on the same side. Um, and right down to B too. Like, I mean, B is like, it's such a wonderful, loving little family. And, you know, I mean, he crawls out of his old doggy bed and he just is happy to see his, his big brother. And, um, but I, I think that relationship between Marva and Cassian for me personally is like getting me far more attached to Cassian than I think I ever was before. Um, and it's really beautiful. I mean, it is funny cause I am a dick. I am attached to so many characters and it's not even the main person, but I'm finding myself <laughs> really attached to everybody else in this, in this thing. And it's really, but Marva. The, the way, the way Marva talked about how after her husband was hung in, in the square oh, and having the flashback and, and she, we, we saw the flashback. She's avoided that part of town, but after seeing what the rebels did, she walked through there and held her head high. Yep. It was such a beautiful moment. Oh, yes. Uh, and so powerful. And again, such beautiful writing. And she doesn't know that that was Andor that did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Um, and he's fighting that yeah. side of him too. Cause he could say, Hey, that was me. That, and that's why he's arguing his side because he doesn't want to do it because he was there and he saw what went down, but yeah. he's not ruining that image for her either by, cause he could easily go, Hey, I was the one there. This is how it actually went down, but he doesn't because he also loves her enough to know that that's her decision to make. He's personally seen how ugly it is and he doesn't want her to go through yeah. it. Uh, also, real quick, uh, Brian, I know you'll have to hop off uh, pretty soon. So whenever you do, let me know and, and then you can give your outro and all that stuff. So I just want to. No, this is, I'm this is too good. Talk about good parents. My kids can wait. They can wait for me. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, like just thinking about that moment made me so, when you saw what actually happened to, to his, his dad, 
got it by trying to stand up for other people. And now you understand why Andor got arrested the first time as, as well. Um, and you see the, the stakes in it and how he knows this is such an uphill battle that it's, he doesn't think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But but you can't you can't live like that. I don't know what. How, how do you feel about the about Cassian's journey in this path? Oh my! I like I cried. That was the one I teared up, and I actually pulled up the exact quote because I wanted to quote it directly. But the I won't have peace. I'll be worried about you all the time. That's just love. I feel like that is one of the truest and most poignant lines that has ever appeared, not just in Star Wars, but just across media. That was. If, and if Fiona Shaw is not nominated for any awards, I will be very sad because <laughs> he was absolutely, I mean, again, these are just characters who you don't know as far as like being an established character. Like, oh, Anakin slash Vader. Like, yeah, you're emotionally attached to them because you have like that nostalgia. You don't have any of that with Marva and you're like, oh my God, how am I, you know, you are so deeply attached to these new characters. And it's just, the humanity is staggering. Um, and I think one of the key elements that is very important with her and that you do see on like the good side, if you will, is the fact that each decision they make is driven out of some form of love. Um, whether it's like love for an idea, love for obviously your family, but like, obviously there's a duality to that because as we have seen, those decisions that are made out of love sometimes are not the correct decisions. And it's just, it gives these shades to these characters that you just you haven't seen in star wars and it's absolutely fascinating um but marva and b just have my whole heart they have my whole i just i teared up it was beautiful yeah uh i i will say it's a little bit different for uh for cyril because (laughs) rather than uh love he just has a has a boner for justice (laughs) um uh, he's (laughs) he's he's like Laris from House of the Dragon, but with uh, <laughs> but but with rules instead. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't. Know, I could. I could just gush yeah, for, forever on on the dialogue and stuff. I mean, it's it's part of why the writing's good, though, is because, like you were saying, everybody has this is a form of love, and it's really important to see that with Andor and Cyril because they are foils. They are meant to be perfect foils, and that's why Cyril's mother, Edie, is the way she is versus Marva. And we see the difference. They both love their sons, but to a different degree. Marva truly loves her son to the point where she's like, this is your choice. You want to be, you want to do whatever. You don't want me to do this, but I'm going to do this. But you don't want to be involved, and I'm not going to force you to be involved because that's the best decision I can make for you is just let you make your own choices. I think you know, we can all agree though that B2 is the most purest form yeah, of Yeah. B B2, oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I, can I speak? <laughs> yeah. Should have been allowed to speak. He should have. You know, it's interesting. Like, I mean, we don't know the story, but I mean, we can assume that that Cyril is Edie's biological child. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I I'm, I can't I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to Marva because she's wonderful. But like, yeah. what's so amazing about that relationship and what's so healthy is that that one, they still she Cassian still refers to as Marva. And that's like, OK, and we don't need to hear mom and somehow think that she's less important in his life. I think that is um really, really an important message. Um, 
Look, Cass had an experience before he met her and he had a whole life before he met her. And I mean, I don't have biological children, but I know when I listen to like my sister-in-law or something speak about their parents, like my children came to me with a life experience and an experience that was different than what I knew. And they in turn, like teach you about things that you wouldn't have experienced otherwise. And I think Cass did that a lot for Marva, which is also possible reasons that she's like, no, I can't, you might not understand what you did for me and open my eyes to a world that I didn't know existed, but you did. And now I'm here to fight for this and you'll, and you know, but uh, I just, that moment is just so incredibly motivating and powerful to me to like, just let that experience and, and trust her son, not only as a son, but as a person is just, yes. it's incredible. And she didn't have time to prepare. I mean, I can speak to that. Mm -hmm. too. I had two children just like arrive on my doorstep and I didn't know their names at the time. I didn't know anything, but the minute they come there, you have to love them with your every being because like you are all they have. And that's what she's giving him. And I think it's being portrayed. I agree. If she doesn't get some sort of recognition for this, like, oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, a really Brian, beautiful story. You're gonna story. make me cry. Um, <laughs> but, sorry. Yeah. But okay, as as Marv as, as Marv's number one fan, I gotta ask: Was she wrong to tell Andor to stop looking for his sister? Okay, yes. wait. I have yes. Can I ask? <laughs> Just because, please. This, this is sorry. I'm like so. Again, so more enthusiastic about this show than I thought I could ever be. So obsessed. Again, one of the things I love about Marva's journey is that her relationship with Cassian starts when she is taking away his agency to choose. Her, this is what makes me worried about her future. Her relationship with Cassian seems to come to its like conclusion when she gives him the agency to choose again. It is absolutely, again, beautiful. No, writing. don't do that. I know. That's why Don't I'm put that about. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I love uh, I love her so much. I think um, it's I think the not going after his sister is only wrong in so much as it's still his choice to to do so if he wishes, because it's still his family. But I think it's it, she's doing it out of love. She's doing it from a good place because she oh. knows that she knows that if he continues looking for his sister, it can only lead to more trouble because doing the search for his sister is what led to everything that we just went through because mm -hmm. he was looking for his sister. And that's when he got into the fight that wasn't of his doing, but it did get him in that spot. I mean, she's, what? I mean, likely she is gone, as she says, and he's just going to only find heartbreak in that. Um, it's a really difficult spot to be in, to hold space for that in someone else. It's really difficult. It's a hard thing to do. I don't think she's right, though, in telling him not to. I think she could say, I wish you wouldn't, because there's mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing good coming at the end of that. But you got to do what you got to do, dude, you know? I feel like she, the way she said it was more, it wasn't like a, I don't do, you know, yeah. don't do this. I don't want you to do it. It's very much more like a suggestion because I feel like she can mm. see that sadness in him and just the way she treats him with so much love and tenderness. And again, she's doing everything out of like a very pure form of love. And it's so beautiful. Um, obviously, you know, she knows he's an adult 
but I think she is definitely, it just came, maybe it came across like differently how I was reading it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah. really are trying to like give him the best chance to be happy because again, he made you so happy, which makes me terrified yeah. for your fears. <laughs> Well, yeah. the thing that um, keeps popping up in my head, though, because uh, between that scene where Andor did the thing, he's doing the thing that she admires, that she doesn't think he's capable of. You know, he's. I feel like she's like, oh, I know you're a little soft boy, so go do that, you know, um, <laughs> but but I'm going to fight and be like tough and whatever and, and doesn't doesn't know. And then uh, and then Cassian talks to Bix and. You know, they she confirms what we've what we all gather from context that they used to be together. But she she mentions like you lie, you make deals, you you borrow money, you do all this stuff, and there's so much secrecy attached to Cassian's life. It makes me a good spy, but that robs you of intimacy with people that you're close to, with mm-hmm. people that you love. Right. This is also Anakin's downfall. He couldn't be open with any single person in his life because he was com- so compartmentalized. And that's like what what ultimately leads to his, you know, falling apart. Um, mm. And and I'm I'm curious how you think. Um, you know, do do you think Cassian ever gets past this? Is Jen becoming the first person he ever openly hugs? Is that like is that hug the first oh purely open moment? You know, I think um, so. With anyone, per, I personally think so. Uh, well, yeah, Mar- I mean, <laughs> if we're yeah. talking romantic, then yes. Yeah. If we're talking just openness in general, then yes, Marva. Uh, see, I don't even. I don't get any romantic vibes between Jin and Cassian. I really don't. Maybe I'm blind to it. I think that was just a two Maybe people who, who finally saw each other for the first time because I think they both understood each other because they were both children with trauma and understood that that trauma is what's blocking Cassian from doing things. You know, Mm -hmm. Anakin was different. It was an outside source. It was a religion blocking him from being able to be who he wanted to be. It was an outside source. It was religion blocking him from mourning the trauma of the loss of his mother. They didn't, they stripped all those things away from him. And that I think is what led him to his downfall. But Cassian has this support network, even in Bex. I mean, like, you know, there's a deep bond there that, is beyond like a romantic thing. Like, I mean, I've, we were talking right before this whole thing started. I've been married for 15 years now, like a, a big chunk of my life. And it's like, you become one with a person in a way that like is beyond the romantic part, if that makes sense. I mean, that's still there, but mm-hmm. it's just like, you become one, one beautiful thing together. And I think, I think that's what Jin and Cassian end up getting at the very end is just, I think they, for the first time met someone else in a galaxy of lots of different things. And there were two people who saw each other for the first time and understood. And then for the first time really realized they've been fighting for the good fight the whole time, but maybe didn't know it. And now they did. And I hope the show, you know, the show is so brilliantly writing. I don't want to say, I hope we don't get to, but I, 
also hope that he doesn't have anything and it makes that moment in Rogue One like that much more powerful because if he leaves and we only ever see this dude leave every time and he's going to come back at the end of that movie, ugh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, I like that. Do you think Andrew is ever going to get to the grocery store to get what he needs? <laughs> <laughs> it's got 200,000 credits. Yeah. He, he can shop a well, whole food. Well, does he now? Does he now? That's yeah, true. We don't, we don't know the exact time jump with that. Well, I, I also am saying, like, I'm I'm referencing more of the fact of he doesn't have that money anymore. <laughs> that money's in a random hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, so he 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 left. Uh, hmm. What's what's going to be interesting now is now now we know what what is likely his first experience with a K two droid, and it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just just to kind of you know round round things out, we'll run this out to the uh, to the end. You know, we have uh, we saw the re- resurgence of the K two droids. We saw shore troopers. Uh, we saw space Florida. Um, how did that? Uh, <laughs> how did that that final scene uh, I, hit, hit you guys? But by, by the I way, did. by the way, I want to read space space Florida man headlines. Um, I feel like I feel like that's gonna be the greatest thing of all time. Uh, but yeah, how, how, how do you feel about that, uh, Caleb? I think the um, I, well, first off, the first thing we get is him having just basically obviously slept with somebody else i think that's him trying to forget down with the brown i think he's immediately trying to forget bix because i think he's because he's trying to move on but also like he like we just discussed he doesn't ever truly connect with somebody and this is another scene of that where we see him not really connecting he's not even listening because he's already forgotten his fake name while he's more worried about what he's got in his money Mm -hmm. bag and trying to hide it and then of course we get to him just wandering on the beach going shopping and we get that scene with the k2 with the k the k2 droid and yeah it's bad it's uh, it immediately brought up memories of things that are real world and also jedi fallen order because i just remember being slammed so many times by a k2 droid (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's just, you, you see what the empire has become even outside of the rebellion and even on just random worlds, even more like this is supposed to just be a vacation world. And even there you can't escape the empire just butting in and assuming that, Oh, you must be part of the problem. You're one of them, aren't you? (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, and yeah. I, I love because that—that's what he said. Is we'll go somewhere where the empire isn't isn't there yet. Does does that place exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it does. At least during this time, we're kind of at its kind of at the peak of the empire, to where the empire is kind of just running around everywhere. And even though we've gotten name drops of Palpatine and the such, Palpatine's not really involved anymore. He's just like you guys do whatever at this point. As long as I stay in charge, I don't care how you guys run it. Like, he's not even in the Senate meetings anymore. Like, 
this is the empire that we kind of know by the time of the films where they're even on, on worlds that aren't technically imperial. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And yeah. How, how do you guys feel about, about this, this, uh, and, uh, what do you think Beth? It's so, again, just, I can't stop gushing over the show and I will continue to do so. Um, one of the things I think is so effective and so poignant is the fact that the, so thus far, we haven't really seen a lot of like stormtroopers, like all the different types of troopers, if you will. They've been very much this enigma kind of behind the scenes. Um, and as they're starting to pull them in, you really do see the everyday power disparity that these kind of figures did hold and the effect that that had on real people. Um, and I think by using them sparingly, it's much better than having like, you know, platoons of stormtroopers and that kind of stuff marching by. Because again, it really does humanize the experience and you can see what people did go through um, in a terrifying way that should, I mean, it should never, it just, it breaks my heart that this kind of, it just parallels real life and that's horrible. Um, but it's absolutely fascinating. And I think that works the same for the, like the droids as well, when you're using them sparingly. I like when they came to you, when all of a sudden you see that head, I was like, oh my God, there's there, things are about to go down. Um, it's just so effective the way that they're using these non human or like non alien, I guess, if you will, um, elements to really make a presence and have a big impact when they do pull them into the story. Um, and I didn't even think that that's probably the last time Kazin saw a K2 unit. I didn't even think about that. So he's probably going to, when he meets K2SO, he's probably going to be like, please, no. <laughs> 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 yeah. It just, yeah. yeah. You know, one, one thing this end they did give to us is, is it gave us long face, wiggly <laughs> nose, man. I love him yes. so much. <laughs> what is his name? What is, what is he? Does he dream? I hope there are a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> with, with with bendy straw woman yeah uh, <laughs> I, I yeah it's I, it's just just beautiful i i, I love them <laughs> i'm not bendy straw too she's enjoying yep <laughs> living her best yep. life uh how uh how about you brian you know i think for me, the part that I walked away with most in, in this ending, and, and I, this show is making me want to rewatch The Bad Batch so bad because one of the things that I, I loved the most about Bad Batch was in the background, all the cheering for the Empire coming in, people trading in their Republic credits. And, and it was just very much the physical embodiment of of Padme's great line of Liberty dying with thunderous applause. And everyone was very excited and hopeful. And we still liked Yalaran back then to bring it back to the beginning of this. And like <laughs> to see how people were cheering these people on was really interesting. And now to see how people are just quiet because I, there isn't people rebelling yet because they understood they did this. This was the choice that, they all made and now they're living in this like oh this is what's going on and now they're just handing out six year sentences left and right and like and she couldn't even bother she's got to peel her pistachios and she just doesn't even care and like that's how little the palpatine cared about them you know he went on this big thing about this is for you and all that and now they're living in the choices that they made and 
and it circles back to like what Luthen was saying at the beginning, you know, with Cassian, are you just going to like live this still? Um, I think it's really, it's really powerful stuff. Um, it's just so I, I'm with Beth. I'm just going to be gushing. <laughs> I didn't think I could love this show as much as I do. I really didn't. This was my least anticipated project. Um, by, by, by a long shot. Um, and so now, uh, looking at you, Acolyte, you're going to have some big shoes to fill, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll try. We'll judge you on the merits of your own show. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess that the final, uh, the fi- final question is, and by the way, I have a uh, half mouth in here with his Florida man, uh, titles, Trandoshan mayor whacked out on bath salts, found wandering naked. Um, <laughs> tracks that. wait can somebody make a video to like stitch on <laughs> you can do your own space florida man headlines Maybe oh do like i the, will do it like a newscast because we now have seen a newscast officially in star wars on yeah, live action that was a first all right so here here's what we're gonna do um <laughs> Uh, to to kind of to kind of wrap up, um, I'm going to ask because Andrew is getting arrested and he's going to be in prison for six years. Um, wh- where where are we going? <laughs> what Edward's <laughs> canon? You, you know? can't have him in six years. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, obviously it, it doesn't. You know, if the glove <laughs> doesn't fit, then never mind. Um, but what, what do you what do you think we're we're gonna if you have any closing thoughts on this episode, anything that we, we missed that you want to highlight, you know, um, where do you think we're going to go from here? Because Cassian has just being been arrested for a long time and I don't know how he's going to get out of it. I don't know who knows he's there. You know, uh, he's under an assumed identity. Uh, although they did find Liana Halleck, um, which I still laugh because they bust in there and they yell, Liana Alec! And, and I didn't know it was a name. And I was just like, what is he saying? And so I, I yell that every mm. now and then to my wife. I'm just like, Liana Alec! And she's <laughs> just like, shut up. <laughs> but I think it's funny. And that's what marriage is about. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so any closing thoughts? Where do you think we're going to go? And... If you guys and everyone else who's left in the chat can think of your own Florida man headline, uh, it might, might, might be tough. You feel free to get creative. Um, mm. But I, I would love to hear that. And then you can finally wrap it up with um, where we can find you guys and your amazing content. All right. So give me a little brief moment so you can think of some some creative ones. Uh, but I am going to go to uh, Caleb first. Okay. So as for final thoughts, eh, I I did want to jump back a bit real quick on the on Cassian being arrested. It's kind of interesting that his charges and just being charged the way he's charged, it's kind of also he's getting the six years because of the actions that he did on Aldani because it would have been six months. But because the empires mm-hmm. haven't become more strict, that's they're hitting him with that, and it also p- provides parallels with Clem. On that, he was just there. He, he just happened to be in the wrong place, and the empire, 
in the case of Clem, it was the Republic, but they got punished for just being at the wrong place and not, and in the case of Clem trying to do the right thing for both sides, because Clem was trying to prevent something worse, but unfortunately Mm. the Republic didn't see it that way. Um, As for the future, uh, my future predictions, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a breakout episode, but I'm also expecting us to maybe invest some time on his previous times of being in prison because we know he's been in prison before. This isn't his first time going Mm -hmm. inside. And also, depending on what they allowed him to keep going in, maybe he starts to reflect on Nimic's teachings and maybe gets some inspiration on the inside make some rebel friends while he's in there and maybe that's how he breaks out. He, he could, he'll spend uh, some yeah. time with a lot of people who have been disaffected by the empire. That's interesting. I like that. Uh, and, uh, sorry, go, and go ahead. As, go and finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, as far as the Florida man, um, one, I'm thinking, uh, stormtrooper attack during selfie with Ewok. <laughs> that I can absolutely see happening. Um, <laughs> uh, Look at the little fuzzball. Ah! <laughs> awesome. And uh, how about you, Beth? Ooh. Oh man. Um, I guess as far as I guess, like. Oh man, where are we going? That's a great question. Where are we going? Um, based upon the trailer, we obviously know we're going back to Ferrix. Um, we know, so obviously, we we see um, Teeter and the Swarm, or sorry, the why? I'm sorry, I've literally been up all night. The Hard Troopers. There we go. I was like, yeah. that bad <laughs> things are going to happen. There. We have the, you know, um, what else do we have that we haven't seen? We have Cassie breaking out obviously, or attempting to break out. Um, so I think, I mean, obviously I think we're, isn't it, it's like another arc and then it's the finale, the finale's two episodes. Is that what yep. they said? Okay. As far as writing. So I feel like kind of back and forth between probably Ferrix and the prison. Um, but I think we're really going to see the foundations of Cassian's decision to choose good and choose kind of the path that Margo went to stand up for something um, bigger than himself. And I would love to see that um, kind of, as Caleb said, influenced by Nevik's manifesto, because I think one of the most prolific ideas is, um, or I guess like one of the most prolific things you can do is make something that lives beyond you. um, And that impacts a bunch of people in a better way. And I think that's something that, again, love to see these kind of thematic elements in Star Wars. Um, so I think we're going to get a lot of like digging deep into Cassie's more emotional state to see kind of how this affected him and how it will impact him um, to become the man who we see in Rogue One. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I like it. And uh, do you have a Florida man uh, for, for Star Wars? I do not. So I, I literally had to look it up because I'm not very familiar with that trope. I've only heard a couple. So I will get I will get back to you when I have a little bit more. <laughs> to make that decision. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So what we're gonna do is, um, you know, l- let us know where we can find you and all of your amazing content, um, and then uh, we'll go to Brian, 
and then we'll go back to you for your your space floater man. We'll also hit all the ones in the chat as well. Um, so you'll have plenty of time. Excellent. No pressure, but 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 extra pressure. Um, <laughs> also for for everyone uh, who is in the chat, um, for anyone that didn't know, we are actually doing a giveaway. Um, on this beautiful piece of art, uh, this is just a quick photo of it. Um, if you are a Raylo, then this should be right up your alley. Um, and all you have to do is go over to our sister channel, Dyad channel, Dyad in the Force. Um, be subscribed and you know, um, and, and comment. Let us know what you love about um, any interaction between Ray and Kylo Ren. And you're entered. Uh, so we will be announcing the winners on uh, the 29th. Oh. And also, these are you know two separate images. So you can place either one on the right or left. But it's just, you know, it's a nice photo. We want to start giving things uh, giving things away. We're, there's plenty more where that come, comes from. If, uh, as long as there's enough people, you know, who want to participate so yeah let us know but awesome brian closing thoughts where we can find you your awesome content and you're a florida man um or, well you're a florida person florida person florida person i like that um i think we are going to get a jailbreak i think and it'll also go into my headline. I have no idea what this Florida person is, so I'm just going to make up a headline. But I'm with you, Beth. I have absolutely no idea what anyone's referencing, so it may make no sense, but it's going to make me giggle. So that's fine. Um, I think uh, Vel is going to find him. And I think we're going to have a great... He walked out on her. And she's going to be able to come back and get him. And... Uh, and he's going to, by the end of the season, he needs to start on his way of joining joining the rebellion, I think. So I think this is going to be a kind of a moment for him where she was set out to kill him. She's not going to be willing to do that because I think that's too far for her. I think Sinta would be able to do that, but I don't think Vel's that person. And um, that's what we're going to get there. And I think the headline is going to be Space Florida Jailbreak held up by two power space lesbians. I like it. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> and we're, we're going to get Sintin Bell back. And, nice. and that's... <laughs> so I don't know if that's what that was supposed to mean, but that's what's happening here. So there we go. <laughs> um, no, way to incorporate it right back in. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me and the show on Twitter mostly. I'm not really on TikTok because I don't know how to use it. And um, it's very confusing. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at Serving Pink Milk. And uh, Pink Milk is my podcast where every Wednesday I sit with my husband who is not a Star Wars fan and I force him to talk about Star Wars. And then every night, uh, shoot, coming to Wednesdays next week, we take deep dives and get real thirsty in the steam room and um, talk about Star Wars on much deeper levels and bring in lots of queer coding and a queer perspective to watching Star Wars. And you said that's on Thursdays now? Wednesdays. We have Let's one more on Friday. Weekend. We're moving to Wednesdays. Oh, okay. Right okay. after you. Okay. So you can come to Chaco and then you can get NSFW oftentimes, <laughs> as you're aware of, um, on After Dark. 
<laughs> it's also very gay. So if you're not a fan of the gays, don't come to Pink Milk. It's very gay. <laughs> it's uh no, it's 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 a blast. I love I love hearing uh, you guys talk and, and your perspective, and it's Thank you. it's always uh, awesome. So definitely check out check out the Pink Milk podcast and everything Brian does. He's he's wonderful. Um, we got some, uh, we got some more, uh, Florida men. And I, I start, I thought this was ubiquitous. I thought everyone, everyone knew. So uh, te- technically every state has idiots and weirdos, but Florida has a specific law where all of the crimes are made public. And so you can actually search them all up. So there's all, there's always these wild headlines of like, you know, uh, f- Florida man like uh, punches old woman in, in at Burger King and then orders a Whopper before he gets arrested or something like that. Like that's all on bath salts. Yeah, that's that's always that's always a thing. So, um, I I'm love gonna, a state that all your crimes can become public, but your queerness cannot. That's a great place to live. No tea, no shade <laughs> to anyone in public in Florida. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if uh, uh, Florida is a is a gangrenous uh, limb, uh, well, <laughs> um, anyway, so we we got some Sorry. some uh, some of these in, in the chat here. So we got uh, we got Wookie on on Bad Spice Desc- destroys three nightclubs, uh, which which I which I like it. Uh, drunk Camino and drowns in hotel fountain. Um, I don't know why I like that so much, but I do. <laughs> Coruscant man arrested for assault with a deadly weapon after tossing rabid loath cat through Dex's drive-through in window. Uh, oh my! Can I ask a quick question? Like, just because we're all trying to go, and now I'm gonna ask a question because of loath cats. Yeah. So when um, Clara, Clea, she stepped on a brick that had like a little chalk drawing. Was that a loath cat? Because it sure looked like a loath cat to me. Was there uh, some marker of like this is the where like you know? underground tunnel type messaging look like a little loft cat you know it honestly i i saw i just i saw a circle with a line and then something at the bottom i didn't see i didn't see it okay yeah i didn't oh, get a thinking wishful thinking I'll, I'll have to look again on re okay. rewatches yeah i actually have that screen tapped because it's the beginning of another scene but i can't make it out okay. from here but it looks it looks oh. like something i love again these are the little in-universe world mm-hmm. building that we would love to investigate that make it real. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, sorry to throw you off. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> um, we, uh, so we, we got, uh, oh. for beings killed when hut hover loses control. Um, Astromech uh, steals entire fruit stand due to poorly programmed restraining. <laughs> <laughs> Not my cabbages. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Wookie Bounty Hunter drinks too much port in a storm, passes out in the middle of the Coruscant Square. Uh, I feel like that wouldn't make the news in, in Florida. They're just, there's, I'm sure there's many people uh, passed out there. Um, Blue haired uh, Lothal Disney Princess dives, drives space whales through Galactic Cruiser after getting angry. <laughs> that was <What>? it. <laughs> <laughs> Strange Rodeo stands still, causes four speeder pile up on Ferrex Roadways. Um, and they, they do look pretty weird. Yeah. Five Salsons on Death Sticks Attack Wookiee. Um, I, I appreciate it. Um, 
Gators on meth, objects stuck in orifices, politicians caught, all of the above. Uh, I don't know where we're going with that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Beth, it is now your, your turn. Do you, do you have How? a. <laughs> How do I top the like Magritte esque absurdity of those? <laughs> like, they're too perfect. I, I just I don't want to bring it down. Those are just they're too good, and I'm not creative. I I have like I'm not creative. <laughs> okay. I don't. That's, that's... I don't. I'm leaving on a high. <laughs> 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 yes. Um and and if you know how much Beth loves Obi-Wan, you know she always has the high ground. Yep. Um for me, I uh am also not going to be able to do any better than any of the ones I already mentioned, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to say um um uh Trandoshan steals the speeder, realizes that there's eggs in the speeder, drops them off safely, steals speeder, but crashes into an orphanage. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like he has a heart, but then he sucks. <laughs> Does that negate the karma? It feels kind of it's it's uh yeah abs- absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, that will uh that will do it. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking. Andor this episode was awesome, and diving deep was. Uh, uh, a transcendent pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone in the chat, chilling in the basement, um, died in the forest, half moth, Buck O'Brien, um, Jedi hey, Connor, Pot of Wands podcast, Vince Skywalker, Emily Anderson. Um, there's so many awesome people. Also, follow everyone who is is here. Definitely, definitely check out um, you know Pink Milk. Um, also, you know, check out the Escape Rally films. Uh, Caleb, what was yours? <laughs> the the uh, podcast name again? So I know I had a different name. It's uh, Escape Reality Star Wars Talk for the podcast. And yes. actually, uh, so we do, you can find us on YouTube at Escape Reality Films, but you can also, when we're live, we're on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash CJ Star Wars 94, which will be probably live later tonight playing some Divinity Original Sin 2 with some buddies right. of mine. Beautiful. Thank you. Because I remember, yeah, I don't think you actually said that. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> Anyways, um, I will give everyone their nights back, but thank you very much. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. May the force be 